Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thanks so much for listening to these episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the absolute world to me. Yeah, the people who are truly gifted in their field, they can explain complex things very, very simply. Now, the level above, which is like this matchmaking idea that we're talking about, is what I call cross-pollination. Expert in one connects expertise in another, and then voila, something magical happens, right? Like you take a concept from biology and a concept mm. in economics and you blend them together. You're like, that's really cool, right? And the right. whole idea of an ecosystem, I mean, or the core idea of cross-pollination of a bee going from one flower to another and pollinating it that way, it's everything. Bee gets, you know, some nectar, flower gets pollination, everybody wins. You've got to get around people that are doing the shit you want to be doing on the level and volume of what you want to be doing. Go in and be the damn student. I could learn from every person in this room. Think about how you talk about your business. Yes, passion sells. But you can't carry on a real conversation outside the passion. You're going to lose. So the whole point of all of this is one, show up as you, fucking loud. Two, get yourself in freaking rooms that scare the shit out of you. It's really about looking at those things that you know will move the business forward and doing them anyways. Thank you for allowing me to always show up as me and thank you for showing up as you. All right, Eddie, tell me what the hell category design is, because I really have no clue. I was looking at it just quickly, but but I'm lost. Yeah. Uh, so, Donnie, category design is what uh, my partners and I would call the ultimate growth strategy and probably okay. the highest business strategy overall. So um, you know, to the extent that, uh, you know, I think most people would agree strategy is important. It's not the only thing. Obviously, culture, execution, all those things are important. But, um, I'm reminded of um, uh, Phil Marino when he ran Levi's. Uh, this is years ago. Um, and this is when baggy jeans were, had first come into vogue. And he had just put down hundreds of millions of revamping their supply chain only to find out that demand had moved, right? To yep. not skinny versus baggy. And so he goes, so wait, help me understand. Um, I just spent nine figures to get the fastest, most efficient, uh, and most powerful supply chain that wrong kind of jeans, like what, what are we doing here? Right. And so <laughs> the, um, so if, if you think about, um, how businesses choose to succeed, that's what strategy is. Um, there's really kind of three types of strategy that I think are out there and that most companies, whether they're fortune 100 or entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, doesn't really matter. They choose usually the first two uh, by default. So the first one is what I call uh, be the winner. And it's effectively, we're going to compete. So Donnie, whatever business you're in, let's say you're a car dealership and I'm in the car dealership business. And, um, you know, the be the winner strategy is for me to win, you have to lose. It's a zero right. sum game. And um, if you think about most of business books and you know, what people talk about and why people talk about execution and culture matter is usually in a competitive context of mm. there's only so many people that are going to buy cars in any given year in any right. given place. And 
Um, I'm just pissed. Every time you succeed, it makes me unhappy because that could have been my sale. <laughs> right. And that what's fascinating is that um, so many companies use that as their default strategy, right? You, you think about way back when the Pepsi challenge, what was that all about? Remember <laughs> right. that the, the Coke driver, the vending machine and trying to get a Pepsi and all that kind of stuff, right? And that, you know, that can work. Um, and it, it certainly, you know, uh, companies like Coke and Frito-Lay or Google, and th these are all companies that um, are excellent and they're market leaders. And so the assumption is that well, how they got there was they just beat everybody else's brains out, right? Right. But they forget that way back at the origin story of each of those great companies, they actually created something, right? That um, the origins of Coca-Cola was, okay, uh, you remember there was that joke that uh, Elon Musk said on Twitter, like, I'm going to put the cocaine back into Coke. Back in Coke, yeah. <laughs> so way back in the day, it was something different and that was created. And so that that sets up kind of, uh, the third strategy, which I, I actually is what category design is, which is you got be the winner, uh, be the best. So that's, that's kind of, I am Intel. I have the best chip. I, I am, um, uh, I, I actually talk about it as cars, right? Toyota is the, be the winner. They, they make the most cars. BMW says I'm the ultimate driving machine. I make the best car, at least for mainstream audiences. Right. Right. And Tesla is really. I'm just different, man. We're, we're electric and it is the most functional and most fun thing you can buy, right? Like how else do you explain why they have fart noises and, you know, all the other <laughs> stuff that it, it's, you know, it, it dances and plays stuff like in, in, and in part, um, what they have designed is, you know, interestingly, the fastest car out there, you know, for most people to buy, that is what his stated goal is to make it the most fun thing you can spend your money on. That's just not what most car companies talk about. Right, 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 right. And so when you set up those three things um, as strategy, I can be the winner, I can be the best, or I can be different. Category design is trying to push everybody to be different. And so mm. it, it says, you know what, Donnie, we, we may both be in the car dealership business, but, you know, I'm not going to choose to, you know, steal your employees. Or, you know, whatever your price is, I'm going to do the prices right. I'm going to come in a dollar under you, right? I'm not going to do right. that stuff. Or um, I'm not going to just say, well, we're the best out there. We have the most locations. We have the best coffee. We have the longest hours. You know, we're, our, our, our sales reps are dressed tonight. It doesn't really matter. We're not going to play that game. It's the, we're different. And again, you go back to the Tesla example, you know, um, you, you can buy a car on your phone. Right. You know, they're, they're, and they will deliver it to you. There is no kind of, well, let me go talk to the managers, how to sell you formats and all that kind of jazz. Right? It is a radically different experience. And that um, part of what category design is, is that, hey, you know what? Um, if you're not getting the results that you want, whether you're the CEO of a huge company or your solopreneur or an entrepreneur, it's probably because you've chosen the wrong strategy. And mostly because 99% of the business schools 99% of the business books and the, all the uh, business gurus out there, they're all teaching you some variation of be the winner or be the best. Yeah, Very few people teach you be different. You know, I'm thinking of like Richard Branson and, you know, Richard's really good at being better. Um, he goes in and he'll look at like, if you've ever flown Virgin American, well, actually that's not a thing anymore because he took it out because he was tired of fighting with the bureaucracy of America. But 
you know, well, use the example. If you took a Virgin American flight, it was radically different than any other flight you'd ever been on from the ambiance, the TV. I mean, everything was different. So he was really good at making things better. I don't think he was creating new categories. So, man, that's, that's a wild way to look at it because I know for us and our company, we've focused on how do we make everything better? Like, how do we make the overall experience? So we run business to business, networking peer groups, you know, all throughout North America, service-based businesses. And the things we continue to do is, you know, we're like, okay, let's go B2B businesses, right? That's a huge differentiation from the, you know, the person who currently owns the category, which is BNI, which is, you know, the largest networking organization on the planet. Great company. You know, and I don't want to be BNI. I want to do it better. Yeah. How would I start thinking about the company as a whole as creating a whole new category here? I mean, that's that's a massive thought yeah. Yeah. to to wrap my head around. Yeah, it, it's a great question. And I'll I'll dovetail off your Virgin Air example. Um Probably the best be different example in airlines is Southwest Airlines. Oh, 100%. Just different, right? Like it, everything is different. No seating assignments, right? It, it, hey, you want to switch flights? Easy. You know, it, it, everything, they're all the same planes. Like it, it, it's, it's a, if you, even now, if you came, um, if Southwest Airlines disappeared and you brought somebody a business plan, I'm going to create a new airline and we're going to do it this way. You'd still be laughed out of the room. Yeah, you'd be looked like a yeah, two heads. That's stupid, yeah. right? No one's gonna do that, right? How are you gonna compete against Delta, United, all that kind of jazz? And that, and that, um, uh, to your to your B two B networking example, um, you know, it it is, uh, you know, you can you can kind of frame the strategies in the same way of like, well, uh, we're gonna be the winner. We have the most B two B networking groups, right? And that's what right. you described about the market leader. Um, your what your strategy is we have the best ones we have we cherry pick the best people you have to meet certain qualifications to be in we've curated them so you're not just going to be relentlessly marketed to or sold to or whatever like these are people they adhere to a code and a professional ethic and that's why the it, it's a, the best experience and that's a hundred percent what we've built so oh, far perfect. and we've never <laughs> talked about this before. right right okay. right i can imagine what it is just by the strategy idea now the be different one um, would be something akin to, um, you know, um, hey, um, weirdos only allowed. You know, we're, there's something about, um, you know, kind, kind of the way that we started the conversation. I don't care about your background. Um, give me, you know, it, it's it's a bit of the Statue of Liberty a, a variation on a theme. Not give me your tired and your, you know, whatever, but <laughs> give me your weirdos, the strangers, the people who've chosen to do something different. And let's put them into a group together, right? And that it might be that the belief that you have, uh, your point of view, as it were, right? So what we talk about in category design is state the problem and then articulate a different point of view. And that's how you design a new category. That's the beginning steps, right? Right. So the problem statement might be, I want to network, but where do I start? Right. It, it's confusing to me. Like, and so that might be a problem statement. And so you might say, well, how do you solve for that? Well, well I'm just going to go to. I think it's a bigger, bigger problem that we're trying to solve. Right. So it's not, we're not looking for that, that kind of rookie beginner networker. Right. BNI does an amazing job at teaching people networking. Right. They can have that. I, I don't want that. Because I don't want to get the green horns that are trying to figure it out. What I'm looking for is a seasoned people that, you know, have spent their time sitting in groups with a lot of B2C folks. Nothing against B2C, yeah. but a realtor is not going to introduce a commercial printing 
you know, manufacturer that's doing $100,000 jobs, right? They're, they can't make that introduction, right? Yep. So we're trying to separate ourselves in that regard. Totally. So, so here, here are a couple of things that I'll, I'll throw out and you'll tell me if these are stupid ideas, sure. good ideas or not, but like, um, so what I'm hearing you describe is like, you know, BNI, that's kind of your entry level network. We don't want to do yep. that. Um, you're kind of going after experienced networkers and that, um, and then, so the question is back, it begs me if like there's beginner, there's experience, what's the level above, right? These are people who don't want to network and I, I often will say category design works really well with the green eggs and ham strategy, right? You're looking for the people who I won't eat this on a plane. I won't eat this on a train. I I'm out. I don't need the category anymore because I have a network, right? right. So why would I ever join to share now? Um, when, when that bar is super, super high. So how would you design a network, a B2B network for somebody who doesn't want to network, right? Hmm. But what problem do they have to solve for? Like, I don't need more people in my lane. However, I might be kind of interested in who is the, you know, Donnie version in an adjacent lane that I know nothing about. Right. And so you talked about B2B, B2C, but like uh, one of the concepts that I, uh, I've written about in my book, Super Consumers, is that a super consumer of one category is a super consumer of nine other categories, some of which are obvious and some of which are not obvious. So as an example, okay. um, in the B2C land, it's people who, um, I don't, I don't know if, uh, you live in an area that has a lot of standby generators. Like if you have inclement weather and, you know, hurricanes, I don't, but I live in a country and we got plenty of generators. Okay. You, have a generator. you, you get it, right? <laughs> so think of the people who own generators. Um, the, the, cause I did a whole bunch of work for that category. I bet you more often than not, the following is going to be true of them. Um, they got loads, uh, they have multiple refrigerators and freezers yep. uh, because they're storing food. They may be hunting or whatever and packing meat, whatever it might be. Right. But you know, uh, food stores, canned food, they got lots of it. Bottled water. They got lots of it. They're, they're ready to go. In the like the generator is going to kick on, but they know that if if something happens for the generator to go, grocery stores might be down. Right. So they they're going like to be preppers. Preppers, exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, they probably have more life insurance than they need. Hmm. In fact, my analysis is like four to five times more. You know, it, usually the math is like ten times their income. These are folks who have twenty, thirty times their income and wow. life insurance, right? And then the third one, which is kind of the this one's not like the other, seemingly is. Uh, they're probably pretty religious about vitamins. Religious about what? Vitamins. Vitamins. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, Interesting. So you're like, what in the world do all of these things have in common is that, well, they are proactive protection, right? Hmm. I want the generator. I want the refrigerators and the food storage. I want bottled water. I want life insurance in the case of a worst case scenario. And vitamin, who knows if it does anything? But why not? You know, what, what is the harm in being a little extra prepared for it? And so the, 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 what, what it reveals is a life quest and the goal that they have of um, never wanting to be caught off guard hmm. by any uh, uh, foreseeable event. And so, what you're, what, so if, you, if you talk to me about if I wanted to create a networking event for uh, preppers, right? That's what I would be doing is people who are gifted in different versions of it in different categories, right? You might, so buying a generator, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, there's a lot. Who do you ask to install it? What kind of brand do you get? What size do you get? There's a lot of knowledge that you need to get. But the same is true of vitamins and the same is true of life insurance. 
somebody who um, understands life insurance inside and out does not understand generators inside and out. However, you get two people who understand one of each. They're both going to love talking to each other because mm. they're going after the same goal. It's like assembling a football team. Like everybody wants to win the same game, but the positions are different, right? And right. that from a networking perspective, if, if I were to design a radically different um, B2B networking event, you would be, that's what I would be looking for is what is the super of one is a super of nine where um, I, I, can, I think about like uh, commercial printing, like the skills that are required to do that really well, run size, you know, limited variations, limited shrink, all that kind of stuff. It actually is not that dissimilar from the apparel business. Right? right. I got lots of variations and I'm not going to make any money if I make every size imaginable. I need big run sizes at a high price. And how do I do that type of a thing? Right. And that if you were actually were to design a networking event around the same problem, the, this is it, it's not about commercial printing, but it is about um, the, they all ladder up to some business problem of like I, I make it up. My business has a ton of manufacturing complexity. And I know. Uh, one, one of the great uh, sayings we have at Category Pirates is simplicity is velocity. If I can make my business simpler, I will grow faster. I will make more money and I'll just outrun everybody else. Right. Yep. And so if you got a networking event of, of people who are like, holy heck, my business is so complicated, but I have made it simpler in my lane. And you got 10 of those people together to share their stories of how they've reduced complexity in their businesses of great effect. That'll be the greatest. I mean, uh, here's my guess is that it'll be a smaller audience, but much, much higher price premium that they're willing to pay for. So I like that. So make sure I'm following along. I'll tell you some of the things that we've done, I think, down this lane. So we've found that there's some natural complementary industries mm -hmm. and we've broken them down kind of like big category. So like big categories, like we put all the coaches and consultants, they're in one category. We put like HR in one category. So that's your PEO, your payroll, your background screening, drug test. We kind of put your commercial all in it. So it's like your commercial landscape or commercial realtor, um, you know, uh, all the business services, commercial cleaners and stuff. And then we did like all your marketing got wrapped up. So your website, your SEO, social media. And what we found is if we categorize these people in these clusters, they're all going after the same end user, right? So, but from different perspectives. So what we started selling everybody is let's not worry about referrals, right? Referrals is Bob meets Sally. Sally, Bob knows about your services and excited to talk, right? There's a sales call happening. Let's get an introduction. Let's introduce people to the right places, right opportunities, and right situation, okay? And kind of change the dynamic of how people look at networking. And doing that and creating these little mini clusters inside of the groups themselves, now the conversations revolve around, hey, what deals are you working on? What companies are you talking to? And how can we collaborate down to the point where some industries or some people have gone so far of, hey, I just scheduled an appointment Thursday at two o'clock at XYZ company. And the other person goes, hold on, let me see if I can get in the building the same day. Right? Yep. So we can pass each other in a oh. hallway. So that's the environment we're trying to go after. It, it, are we thinking in the right regards and go yeah. in that direction? Yeah, no, it, it's, that's perfect. Cause like, I think there's a couple of ways to create different networking experiences, which is one, um, same functional area across different categories as you're doing, which is perfect, right? Like I can, I'm a, I'm a CFO in one B2B business. 
I can still learn from a CFO in a totally different business. Right. And that, that you have that. The, the second one that you're saying is um, the same customer. So uh, I, 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 I'm sorry, the B2C examples are top of mind for me. But like, that's fine. That's fine. So Peloton has had a huge problem, right? Like marketing expenses up the wazoo. They're not making money, all that kind of stuff, right? The, 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 the funny part of it is that um, if Peloton was uh, and, and, and Similac infant formula merged, it'd be the greatest merger in history. And people, you might be like, what in the world why? are you talking about? Right? <laughs> yeah, why? Right? Walk me through that one, Eddie. Because um, the, the vast majority of people who buy Pelotons, which is I, I want to exercise, but I, I need to do it at home probably because I'm busy or maybe I right. had a kid, right? Right. And so um, you, you have, uh, from my analysis has shown, massive overlap between uh, infant formula, kind of baby websites and home at-home gyms and the like and stuff, right? And that so makes sense. It, it, if you there, it's to your point, they're going after the same customer. If Peloton had the list from Similac of every new mom that came in, the easiest thing in the world to do would be like, thank you for buying our infant formula. Would you like a bike? Right? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it sounds like a stupid idea, but it's, it's one of those like, well, you're right. It's the same person. And, you know, and, and, and guess what? It's the, um, uh, Someone who, this is the kind of weird data that is what I kind of I specialize in is that if you're feeding a baby formula, what it means is you're not breastfeeding. What that means is you have a little more time, you know, like you're not as tied to the baby as you would be if you're breastfeeding, which might also mean that, um, you might, you, that, that's few minutes that you could either sleep or you might want to get on a bike and do whatever with it. Right. And so that same kind of like, hey, uh, we're all trying to sell to the largest of the large, we all sell to Walmart. We all sell to the largest of the large companies. We should partner together and figure out, you know, how do we make one plus one equals three in that right. regard. So that, that's, a, that's a different route. And then the third kind of um, way that you could do this from a, a commonality standpoint, like what is the common problem you could build an ecosystem around in a networking event is, we're experiencing the same thing, hypergrowth, right? Hey, we're all riding this bucking Bronco and what do we do about it? Um, I don't know. Guess what? Nobody else in my industry knows. I would learn way more from Donnie in my other completely different industry. He's had to scale up from 10 people to hundred people. How did you do that? Right. Right. Um, or categories declining. Oh, this sucks. Like it's total zero sum and it, it you know, morale is down. Um, you collaborate with other people. Like we had to take cost out. We had to fire half our people and right size, but we, we did it in a way that was able to do that. Like you can, um, my, my, my hunch is that um, there's a lot more uh, ways to group people into a common circumstance. Well, one of the ways along that line that, that we know to be a, a truth, not the truth, but a truth, is that a lot of the people that go out networking, it's because they don't like traditional sales, right? They don't want to do the cold call. They don't want to do the cold email and a cold outreach. So networking becomes the answer. So now what you have is you have a bunch of people that aren't doing traditional you know, sales, so they have to rely on a network. That creates a very desperate environment, right? Uh, because now if you don't get introduced to people while you're out networking, then you don't have a pipeline. You can't get mm -hmm. business. So what we've been trying positioning to say is networking is not the only answer, 
it's part of your overall business development plan. You've got to still be doing traditional, you know, sales and the likes and then bring networking in because if you can't go find your own clients, you don't bring value to the right. network. Am, am, am I heading down the right path? Yeah, in yeah, statement yeah. Or should I and, say it better? So what you just hit the, the core, um, one of the core ideas of category design is um, we, we, we talked about what's the category problem? What's your category point of view, right? And a way to articulate the category problem is I, I will often say, write a love letter, love letter and a hate mail to the category, right? Hey, Donnie Bovine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. And so okay. why I love networking. Well, it's, I'm an extrovert. I like meeting new people and it's great for business. I walk away with new opportunities. Blah, blah, blah. Why do I hate? It's the worst thing in the world, right? Well, you know, it's just, I mean, usually the, I mean, you, you tell me, you know this better than I do. My hunch is that the people who hate networking the most, either it's because it, mo, mo, the common theme is they're not getting out of stuff out of correct, it. correct. Correct. Either because they're a newbie and nobody wants to talk to them, or they are already heavily networked and they give more than they get. So there's four reasons on this one. You're you're on them, right? So number one is they're an asshole, right? Uh, and nobody wants to do business with them. Number two, they're afraid that uh, everybody's afraid that if they introduce them to somebody else, all they're going to do is pitch them, right? All they're going to true is try to sell them. Number three is they literally don't understand what they sell. They can't wrap their head around the product or service. And number four, they've never asked to be introduced or get a referral or introduction somewhere. And those are the four major that we've identified. And when you sit across from somebody, you kind of walk them through this thing. They're like, well, I ask all the time. And then you got to go into, okay, what are you asking from them? And then they do a very generic ask. They're like, do you know anybody who needs commercial printing? Well, no, nobody knows anybody who's just randomly looking for commercial printing. So it's getting very specific in there. So those are the four big ones that we know, um, that, or at least we've identified to date. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so that, that's perfect. So that you can design a new category of networking around each of those, any one of those four things with a combination of them, right? And you can do it in one of do two Do we ways. call it, if you're an asshole, this is how you should be networking? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. <laughs> no, you, you, could, you could do two versions, right? No assholes allowed and only right. assholes allowed. Mm. Right. And, and so that, that's actually a pretty powerful statement on both sides of that. Yeah. Because right? you're going to draw very particular people. Everybody's happier in that regard. Right. right? And yeah. so like, I remember there, there was a NPR thing about like, um, uh, you, they gave 10 kids candy, but they randomized the brand. They asked them scale of one to 10. Are you happy or not? Five, six. And you're like, what in the world? I just gave you free candy. And they're like, okay, experiment. You got 60 seconds. You can all switch. Switch, switch, switch nines and tens afterwards, right? They got the wrong candy is, is what they had, right? And so <laughs> right. I just don't like, you know, bit of honey or whatever else it is, right? And so the, the, the self-selecting is a huge mechanism. It makes everybody happy, as you said, right? The, the, the second one is I don't know what I'm selling, mm. right? 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about this one is, um, it, it's interesting of, um, you know, if you can break, you know, the, the, there's probably two segments of people like that. People who know they don't know what they're selling and people who don't know they're not self-aware. Yes. Right. And even separating those people out is helpful. Like I, now people, I readily admit, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to learn. Right. And yep. those people will be, um, you know, like, like, uh, so you must get this all the time. I, I get called constantly. Can you help me break into the industry? Can you teach yes. me about, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's, it's hard to manage, but in general, if I come across somebody who is humble, wants to learn, and if I give them advice, they make progress on it, they'll actually yep. do something about it. I'm pretty happy to talk to them or help them along the way, even if it's, there's nothing in it for me. It's right. cool to see them progress, right? Yeah. You like watch the story unfold. Yeah. And so even separating those people out, um, you know, you can match them with people who want to give back because there's a lot of people who've been very successful, who feel it's their obligation to throw a rope down behind them, yep. but they don't want to deal with people who are completely unaware of, of what they are. Right. right. And then, and then, you know, again, now here's fun. This would be fun, uh, Donnie, if, if you paired the people who weren't aware, they don't know how to sell with the assholes only group, that might be actually a helpful combination of them. <laughs> right. And so, um, right. And then yeah, what, what, there, there, there's one more group in there um, that they're afraid of what they sell. And I, I, I'm yeah. trying to think of a better way of saying that, you know, you get like particular industries that come up with these stupid ass phrases. Like I saw a commercial insurance guy go, I help people sleep at night. Mm -hmm. I actually replied in a comment. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. Are you selling mattresses? I'm a little confused here. Right. So, so that, that also plays in there. So I'd almost want the category of, I know what I sell and I'm okay articulating it. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I mean, a, it, it, it's, it's a, um, and this is where the networking becomes. So at, at the highest level of what category design can do for you is, um, replace the word. So your business, so, so there's, this is a bit of Mad Libs, right? So adjective, business, networking. So in B&I, largest business networking in your yep. business, the best business networking. So what, to design something new, it would be adjective, you know, whatever, weirdos, no assholes, whatever it might be, right? And then the, the business, that'll probably stay the same. And he, here's the interesting part. You have to reframe, we, we call it frame, name, and claim the new category. Okay. It's not networking. Networking sounds transactional. Networking sounds tiring. Network sounds uncertain. All the stuff that you're talking about. It is learning as an example or mentoring or apprenticeship or there, there's because like in, in a world where what the sleep example that you described, right? I think anyone in, in any kind of sales fashion. So I, I grew up as a, a growth strategy consultant and I was very good at the pre-partner job and I did not want to be a partner. Because I thought it was selling and I don't like, oh, the selling is, I didn't want to do that. And that seemed, right. you know, distasteful and whatever. And that when, when I really kind of confronted it because I was up for partner, um, I, I think the truth of the matter is I wasn't sure if I felt good about what I was selling. Mm, 100%. You know? And, and, you know, I, I didn't want to deal with that question. And it wasn't until I dealt with that question is what I realized was like, um, you know what, um, if I do my job poorly, if I, if somebody pays us a lot of money to help them grow and they don't grow, I feel terrible about that. Yep. Um, however, if they do succeed, 
it's the most thrilling thing out there, right? It's like, oh, we yep. created a billion dollars of growth there. And that, you know, they're, they're friends and clients for life and all that kind of stuff. So what, what was very obvious to me was like uh, Jim Kiltz, who was the uh, CEO of Kraft and Gillette, um, when he, he said, my, my old firm, he's like, why? someone asked, why do you keep hiring the Cambridge group? He's like, every time I hired you guys, I got promoted. I was like, oh. Simple definition, right? All this kind of conflicts. Like, no, I got promoted. I got bigger jobs. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that, that was, you know, that's the essence of client service, right? And so, right. And, and if you think about that is if your purpose in life is to help the people you serve succeed, well, yeah, you feel great about that, right? And so I, I think that kind of, there is kind of, um, this is where I'm, I'm not sure if it's networking as much as it is learning uh digital learning uh, on on mass because like i would learn all day long from somebody who was like i was afraid and embarrassed of what i sold and then i embraced it and fell in love with it and i've been more successful as a result this is my story right and that in that for for as much as the networking that you're trying to get to is that the, there's a missing like a category design is a lot about feeling the missing so i do a lot of public speaking and you know you have the Somebody on stage, everybody in the audience, there's learning. And then there's the networking, mingling in between. There's something in between, right? You don't have to be a polished speaker, but you could have a great story. You know, the podcast format's great, but it, it, right. you might not know how to tell your story, but somebody else might know how to kind of midwife it out of you, so to speak, right? <laughs> and, yep. and that if you have somebody who has something to teach, you know, uh, along the lines of, I didn't know what I was selling. And then now I have complete mastery of what I sell. Um, and that documenting that and, and bringing people in who are like self-aware, you know, I, and, and about that kind of creates a new category of networking that is maybe not as physical and in person and maybe more asynchronous, you know, to start. And that it, it eventually like, it might be asynchronous digital networking that leads to real-time digital networking because like you know like uh, my, my my business partner christopher um lockhead and i we were digital friends for years before yep. we ever met in person and we've been collaborating building businesses together and that um you know i would not call how i met him networking per se but you know he was the man in silicon valley and b2b tech and i was the man on b2c growth strategy in the fortune 100 and um we, I forget how we actually, oh, he found an article that I wrote in HBR. He reached out because uh, they were working on a book. And then I was, and then, you know, I, 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 I've told the story before. It was like, I, my heart dropped because he was writing the book called Play Bigger, which is, you know, one of the best books on category design. I was like, darn it. I wanted to write that book. <laughs> right? I, I was really disappointed. And then I, I thought to myself, you know what? You know, I have great category design stories, but you know, the, the Silicon Valley ones are just going to be better. It's better told through a Silicon Valley narrative. And so, um, I gave him all my data. Uh, I introduced him to my editor at HBR and he was blown away. He's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, what the world needs category design. It's better coming from you. You're almost done with, I haven't started yet, so you should do it. And so, and then, and then he, he was, um, he told me later on, like Christopher's a character cause he was, uh, dyslexic, thrown out of high school, never went to college. He, he, he said, I taught myself business by reading HBR, uh, the magazine in, in libraries. And because of your oh, introduction yeah. to my, to the editor that I had, he was like, my work got published in HBR. And I can't tell you for a kid who was told he was stupid, 
his whole life. Right. What a thrill it was to do that. And so like, it, so I don't know if you call that networking, Donnie, but like it, it has a lot of the elements of we were in different lanes and we didn't know what the, what was in it for each other, but we liked each other. We could learn from each other. And, and we had a common purpose, which was, you know, writing was a way to help as many people as possible at a much higher scale way than one-on-one -on -one consulting can do. And so that was the mission was to, you know, put everything we've learned into onto paper so that other people could benefit from it. Shared mission, shared purpose, shared uh, learning experience. He and I are very different personalities. You would not think that we'd be friends, right? but one act of generosity on my part has begat generosity in his part back to me. And now we're great business partners. So I, I don't know what you call that. If there were more relationships, I, I, like would, that, I would say that, 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 Dude, that's pure networking in, in my, my point of view. So for, for me, networking is literally about introducing people to the right people, to the right opportunities and the right situations. It's the ability to go in, sit down across from somebody and dive into their world and go, how can I open up the world for you? Right? It's not, you know, how can I help you meet your perfect client? It's what do you need? Because oftentimes people just need to be introduced to that right room. Maybe it's a, I don't know, a private cigar lounge, or maybe it's, you know, a private club, or, you know, maybe it's a golf tournament or something, right? Or they need to hear about, hey, did you know there's an association just for X, you know, that people didn't know, or maybe it's a tool they needed or, you know, some chat GPT prompt or whatever, right? You know, it's about introducing people to what they need. And if and the idea is, if you can focus on service first, meaning here, let me help you, then you have the ability to say, can I tell you also what I'm looking for? Yeah. And what you're looking for is not the end user client. You're looking for those same opportunities. Like, I want to be in the room with people who are X. I want to be, you know, at place and situation. And you create this really cool, mutually beneficial relationship yep. that's not focused on, let me try and get you to an end user client. It's, let me make your life better. So you just, you said parts of the magic words that I, I don't know if I agree with myself yet, but like mutually beneficial matchmaking mm -hmm. is what you're describing. It's much more matchmaking yep. than it is networking. And matchmaking like is a much more intimate thing. Um, it's, it's not many to many, it's one-on-one. -on -one. And um, there, there is this, um, you know, like I, I have a framework, of, uh, we're working on this in our latest book of um, uh, how, how do you go from knowledge to wisdom, right? Yeah. And uh, level one, like I, I, there's a guy that I know who was like, I know a lot about AI. And I was like, Really? And he was like, well, yeah, I've studied it for the last six months. And I've, <laughs> I'm like, whatever, right? It was like, it, it was just not believable in, right. in that, um, but that, that represents the first level of knowledge, which is what I call memorization and regurgitation. Yes. I read, I go to school, I mimic or whatever, you know, like, and that's what most people consider to be um, wisdom. But it's like, no, 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 I just memorize a bunch of stuff and I can spin it back out. The, the second one, um, is what I call uh, the level up is, um, uh, prediction and application. Okay. It's one thing to memorize something. It's another thing to say, okay, if, if that is true, what else is true and what can I do about it as a result, mm -hmm. as a business person, as an investor, as, as a, as a creator. Right. And so somebody who takes the knowledge and applies it, that's the level up. 
the third level up is what I call um, uh, simplification and um, uh, and clarity, right? And it's it's um, you know the good old Mark Twain. I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long, wrote the long right? one. So yeah. th there are people who are the people who I believe, like most academics and experts, they create vocabulary and jargon, and the whole purpose is to create distance. Like, oh, if you don't know the special lingo, then you don't know what you're talking about. But what I find is that the very most expert people, they simplify. He's, he's like, like, mm. like, I don't know if that guy was, that guy's, I sell sleep or whatever. Like, I don't know if that was legit or not, but the people who- No, that was a real thing. That was real okay, thing. okay. Yeah, the people who are truly gifted in their field, they can explain complex things very, very simply. Now, the level above, which is like this matchmaking idea that we're talking about, is what I call cross-pollination. Expert in one connects expertise in another, and then voila, something magical happens, right? Like you take a concept from biology and a concept mm. in economics and you blend them together, you're like, that's really cool, right? And the right. whole idea of an ecosystem, I mean, or the core idea of cross-pollination of a bee going from one flower to another and pollinating it that way, it's everything. Bee gets, you know, some nectar, flower gets pollination, everybody wins, right? And that that matchmaking cross-pollination is that kind of second to the highest level. And the top level is what I call net new creation. Those are the people who win Nobel Prizes, right? They've created entirely new fields of whatever. And so that, that, that knowledge pyramid is, is my, my hunch is that um, if, you, if you over juxtapose networking as a category next to that pyramid, you'd see how to create different, right? Because yeah. B and I is the bottom level. There's a bunch of people yep. who have memorized stuff and want to regurgitate it to each other. It's like, that's not very valuable. And then um, in the best, you're getting at people who are, no, 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 these are people who are, they have applied it and been successful in some way, or they know how to talk about it in a way that's much clearer and simpler. Um, what we are getting at of the different kind of, not networking, but matchmaking is cross-pollination of like, well, shoot, um, we're both experts in our lane, but we've never talked to each other. We don't know anything about each other's right. fields. And that's cool. We get to learn like, oh, that truth works in my space and we can, you know, uh, do all that kind of stuff. And that ultimately leads to people like if you had a biology expert and a physics expert and a Spanish expert and they all create something like something magical is going to come from that and it's yeah. going to be net new to the world. And that if that's kind of like uh, the truest value, like what is the end goal of matchmaking, in my opinion? Like Christopher and I, we create net new content, new category design. We write about it and it wouldn't work if we were the same. Right. It only works because we are different and we cross pollinate each other's ideas and stuff. Well, what's fascinating to me about this is I have a concept that I've been talking about for this last year, and I've, I've been labeling it original thought for lack of a better way of positioning it. And so what I found is most people on social media, to your point, regurgitate something they've learned, right? Alex Ramosi puts out a post and then next thing you know, a thousand posts are almost exactly what Alex said. It's a retweet. Right? Yep. 100%. What I found is the people that are actually growing influencers level that stuff is they're putting out the things that they have learned and figured out and are able to teach it to somebody else. I call it original thought. What I like about what you're describing is it's taking the original thought that somebody is learning and matching up with somebody else who has original thought and watch that match and see the fireworks that happen yeah. from there. We just want to keep playing with the matchmaking idea, right? 
Um, but uh, it's it's that ability to connect those two right people at that level where something amazing is going to come out of it. Yeah. That's a it, powerful way to look at it. You totally nailed it. I, I always joke like people, the, the number one chocolate brand in America is Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It's not even fully chocolate. It's peanut butter and chocolate <laughs> together and stuff, right? And that, I think that tells you something, right? So. No, I love that. I love that. It's, it's, it's the, the framework that I think we've been going after. And I think matchmaker is, may not be a hundred percent the right word, but I like the, the, the emotion behind the word. Um, and I think that gives it a really damn powerful statement. Um, what a cool concept, man. Um, God, I got so many more questions that I could go down this rabbit hole with you because now I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated, but you know, for our listeners that are listening, if they wanted to really kind of study the category design space, is there like a rhythm of books? Cause I know you guys got a ridiculous amount of books yeah. out there. Um, is there a rhythm of books they should go down or is, or should they just follow your website and connect that way? Yeah. The, the, thank you for uh, teeing it up. The, the, the latest book we have, uh, the 22 laws of category design is probably the best compilation of, okay. We'll walk you through how do you create it? Um, magic triangle of a, you know, breakthrough product, breakthrough company, breakthrough category. That's probably the simplest way, excuse me, to do it. Um, if you want to double click, then, uh, category pirates on Substack. you know, all of our writing is there. That's probably the next best. And then we are actually la launching a mighty networks, um, category design Academy for people who want to, oh, you should have went circle so much better than mighty networks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will, yeah. I'll throw that gauntlet out tell there. Me more about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like. But yeah, the, the, um, the whole premise is, you know, you, you got to spar to really know how you're doing it, yeah. right? You can't just read it in the book or a sub stack. So well, that's I think that's anything, right? Talking. You can't just, you know, read it and go, okay, I got that knowledge. No, no, no. You got to get your teeth kicked in you know, to actually understand and wrap your head Everyone around. Everyone has a strategy to get punched in the face, right? Good old yep. boys. And so. <laughs> but yeah. Everybody has a strategy until they get punched in the face. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And guys, you can just, you can Google Eddie as well. And a lot of stuff pops up. God, I found so many articles on you on HBR and Forbes and everything. You put out a lot of damn content, my friend. Um, it was, it was kind writing. of impressive. <laughs> so, um, well, guys, uh, uh, do me a favor. If you got any tips, any tricks, any value out of this episode, take a screenshot wherever you're listening to this or watching this and put it out on your social media feed. Tag me and Eddie in it. And if we see it, we'll come engage you know, say hi and try and help you get a little bit more awareness, but it also shows people that they're into this content that they want to listen to more of these type of conversations. It would, it would really help us out if you would do that. So Eddie, any, any last parting words or thoughts before we get out of here? No, I just want to encourage the world, uh, be different, be a missionary, not a mercenary, uh, people who be different. And I, I tell you, uh, it's the greatest way to succeed and create abundance for yourself and your company and everybody else that you care about. So I can love it. That's awesome. Thanks, Billy, for doing this. You guys, love you, made it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. 
there are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.